1: September 16th, and this is the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. I am your host, Blair Angulo. Thank you so much for tuning in. We've got another big weekend of college football. And we're here to discuss one of the bigger weekends in recruiting that that we can think of right now heading into the 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 week three, right? Like this is the start of what's gonna be a big long fall heading into the early signing period. And Penn State has lined up a mega recruiting weekend. We've got Brian Doe, national recruiting analyst on the line to discuss things. Brian, how are we doing?
0: We are doing outstanding, being able to talk about visitors and going to games and talking to kids about going going to games and meeting with coaches. So it's going good.
1: It's one layer that we missed last year in 2020. And obviously the the pandemic did not allow for visitors, for officials, for unofficials, for players to be on the sidelines or in the stands. Now we actually get a little bit more color to our stories, right? And and anecdotes. And and we get to get a sense of where recruits are leaning and where they're looking at. And so we're going to look at Penn State. We're also going to talk about Eni White, one of the the best defensive prospects in the country headed to an sec school this weekend, but let's start with the ninny lions, Brian, a handful of official visitors. I I don't even want to put a number on the, on the, on the, the amount of unofficial visitors for this big whiteout game against Auburn, but it looks like it's going to be in the, in the hundreds of recruits to make (laughs) it to campus.
0: Yeah. and, And these aren't just, Hey, you know, the little five, ten, 180-pound center is tagging along with his teammate. I mean, this is a really impressive list. And I know Sean Fitz and, and everybody, you know, whether it's Steve or myself, keep adding to it at lines 247. But, uh, yeah, it's – let's see, the game's Saturday night. We could probably talk to the 2022 whiteout and not cover all the prospects that are going to be there Saturday night.
1: Yeah, it's it's an impressive list. And if you want the full list, you head on over to Lions 24-7 and, and get a breakdown there. Like you mentioned, Sean Fitz and those guys do a great job of covering Penn State and Penn State recruiting. Let's talk a little bit about some of these specific names. And uh, you know the, the the one that we definitely want to touch on is Jay Sean Barham, a linebacker from St. Francis in Baltimore, Maryland, taking an official 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 visit. So Penn State will have that whole weekend to make an impression on him and, and in his recruitment. Heading into this weekend, Brian, what's your sense about what Jay Sean hopes to see from the Nittany Lions?
0: Yeah, I think he just wants to, you know, have his family see it. I think when he went up in June, he told me that he went up with his brother. So this one's supposed to be more of a family trip, you know, with mom going up. He was at Maryland for their opener against West Virginia, and that was a big deal for the Terps to have him there. So now this is Penn State's chance to kind of counter that a little bit and see some momentum in that recruitment that is really quiet. But really interesting because you know, there's a lot of talk about him not wanting to go far from home. He's from Baltimore area. You know, Penn State's a few hours. Maryland's less than an hour down the road. South Carolina remains involved with him. He mentioned about wanting to get down to Florida at some point, And this will be his first official visit. You know, he he wasn't running all over the place in June, checking out all the schools. I mean, he went to a few. But this is a chance for Penn State to say, okay here's the atmosphere and here's the education and here's the community and here's what we do on defense. And again, here's the atmosphere and then you can meet with the coaching staff and kind of relax a little bit on Sunday and, you know, remember the atmosphere And, you know, just kind of, this is Penn State's signature recruiting event. They have two of them, the Lash Bash in the summer and the Whiteout. I I like when the Whiteouts in late October or November, because the games feel a little bigger and more meaningful with the Big Ten. But with Auburn coming to town, it fits the schedule perfect. So this should be, you know, it's one of those don't miss kind of moments and he's not going to miss it. And that's big for Penn State.
1: Brian, you've been around college football forever and and you've been to a you've been (laughs) to remember
0: when the forward pass was invented.
1: Yes, (laughs) (laughs) you've been to a million college football games. Have you ever been to a whiteout? What what is it like for recruits when they get out there?
0: Yeah, I have not been to a whiteout. Because usually I'm working and it's a lot easier to work from home than it would be, you know, trying to get out from 107,000 people being there. But what is it like? It's, you know, it's funny because these kids play, you know, even if you're from Texas, maybe if you're playing a championship game, you get to play in front of, you know, 30, 40,000 people. But for a lot of these kids, a big crowd is I don't know, you know, five, six thousand. Right. And so you bring them into that environment at night where all day it is Penn State, Penn State, Penn State. The community speaks for itself and you walk out onto the field and, you know, they let the kids on the field during pregame and stuff and through the tunnel so they can really, you know, feel the energy there. But. You know, this isn't like they're playing the Sisters of the Poor in these games. These are marquee games. So not only is the place packed, it's at night. It's usually, you know, the marquee national television game for the week. There's so many things that go on to it that, it, you know, it, it's just the electricity of it is amazing. And you can really tell just based on the fact that, you know, you hit up these kids and they can't wait to talk about it. And I think the over under on the word lit being used with kids on Sunday and Monday is somewhere between nine and 10 million times.
1: Yeah, I like it. I like it. It's lit. It's late, Brian. Uh, <laughs> a number of other prospects also taking official visits. Uh, Larry Turner Gooden, uh, a four-star athlete from Southern California who's committed to ASU, will be there for his official. Jordan Allen, a corner from Louisiana, as well as Amari Evans. From the state of Texas, he's a receiver, a really dynamic pass catcher who is looking at a, at a few East Coast schools, Vanderbilt, Rutgers, and Penn State, as the Nittley Lions look to add to what is already the number one class in the 2022 rankings.
0: Yeah, and I I think, you know, obviously all good prospects and people are going to want to take official visits on this weekend. And then you look at a kid like Evans, who, yes, he's down in Texas, but he has, you know, he's more tied to the Big Ten and other schools because family in Ohio, you know, spent some time in the Midwest. I think he's already made two, you know, he made a June unofficial to Rutgers. He was back up at Rutgers, I think in July for unofficial. And then he was at unofficial at Rutgers for their opener against Temple. And so now it's his chance to go to Penn State and, and check out that environment and, and and see that offense and how he could fit there. And, you know, Vanderbilt is really on him heavily too. Again, he, he's, he may be down in Texas, but he's a kid that wants to come up to the, to the Northeast, or at least, um, you know, if you're in Texas, I guess Vandy could be the Northeast, but you know, he, he's kind of looking at that part of the country. And this is a kid that's a blazer, man. He went to a couple camps in the summer. I think he was at the Penn state camp also in June. And, you know, this kid clocked in the four threes at several of those schools. Now it's hand time. And I don't care if it's hand timed or or whatever you're using, even if you're missing by that much, that means you're still running in the low four fours. So that, uh, you know, he's got, he's got that straight line speed that coaches just get dazzled by.
1: Yeah, the 2022 class uh, turning out to be a very special group for the Penn State Nittany Lions, and there's going to be prospects from all the classes there. And the 2023 class is well represented as well. Nicholas Harbor uh, is one that we want to touch on. Brian, what's the latest with him and Penn State in that interest?
0: Yeah, I mean, I I actually spoke with him on, uh, or or texted with him, because that's what, you know, he was getting ready for football practice, I should say, so I don't want to misrepresent. But texted with him on Wednesday afternoon and you know, he wants to get up there. He was up there for the last bash at the end of July and he's going back up. And I said, well, what, you know, what do you want to see? Why are you going back up? And, you know, his sister's there. So he wants to go. You know, she keeps saying, hey, come up to the whiteout. It's unbelievable. So he wants to see that he wants to see the defense in action. And now for the folks out there that don't know about Nicholas Harbour may want to start paying attention to Nicholas Harbour because you're going to see him on a maybe an international stage one day. I mean, we, we talk about kids that are fast and, and all that stuff. And, you know, there's a question, is he going to play tight end, D-end? You know, is he an edge? Whatever he is. Now, look, Blair, I know you're a speed demon and all that stuff, but <laughs> I think even you would be impressed by this kid. And you're talking about a kid who's, you know, six four ish 220, and he won the uh, WCAC, which is um, kind of like the local conference in Washington, D.C., and he goes to Archbishop Carroll in D.C. He happened to run the 100 meters in a tidy 10.31 seconds. So think about that. At the end of a sophomore year of high school, this kid is running 10.31 at that size. So there is, A, yes, he plans on running track in college, but B, there there is a... You know, a little bit of a groundswell of opinion thinking that this kid may just decide, hey, I'm going to do track in college because that's how good he can be.
1: Yeah, that's pretty special speed right there, especially at his size, like you mentioned. So Nicholas Harbor, one to watch in the 2023 class. Also in that 2023 three class is Jaden Rashada, a four-star quarterback from the state of California, uh, Pittsburgh, California, which is in the in the Bay Area. Brian, the if other you, if Pittsburgh, you didn't, no yeah, H, right? If you, yeah, if you, if you wanted to get technical, uh, with no H there on 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 the Pittsburgh, but he's a very talented four-star quarterback, and and is close to narrowing his recruiting focus to probably a top four, top five. He's got schools from all over the country after his signature. So it's going to be interesting to see how much of a push Penn State makes already having secured one of the better quarterbacks in 22. And they can really just focus in on on perhaps their biggest target in 23, which would be uh, right now, Jaden Rashada. So one to watch for sure. Uh, Another one, Jason Moore, a player that I think you, you really like, a defensive lineman from DeMatha. What's the latest with Penn State and Jason Moore?
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I saw Jason play at the end of August in that wonderful game that started at 10 p.m. at night. You know, big, long kid, defensive lineman. You know, I, I think he's more of, you know, before we went to the edge, he'd be kind of like a strong side guy or may even bulk up and play uh, inside on the D-line. But former basketball player who's just focused on football, already visited Maryland, which is right down the street from his school, DeMatha. Uh, he'll be at Penn State. It's early for him in the process, but Penn State does really well in the Washington, D.C. area. They are the dominant recruiting program in that area when it comes to, you know, elite level kids. And so him getting back up there, seeing the campus, what it's like in, in all its glory for a whiteout, listen, you're going to leave impressed. I mean, shoot, even if even if it doesn't go the way Penn State wants, these you know, the kids leave feeling really good about the school. So I think from that aspect, they'll put on a good show for him. And, you know, for kids like Jason, they're just starting to get out. He is not a kid that went all over the place again in June and July. The Demathic kids rarely hit up a bunch of schools. They're, they're more focused about working out with their team and, and getting ready for for a grueling season and a tough conference. So that he's going out to Penn State bodes well for the Nittany Lions. I mean, again, he it was at the Terps game earlier in the year you know, for their opener against West Virginia, Notre Dame, Michigan, Michigan State, Rutgers are some of the schools that were on him really heavily. But at the end of the day, he's going to have pretty much everybody all over him as long as he keeps progressing. But, you know, the the challenge Blair, in, in something like this for the coaches is how do you make each kid feel special on their visit? And I think the kids go in realizing there's going to be so many kids there that the coaches aren't going to get much time with them. So this is more about, hey, here's the atmosphere of Penn State. And I think it'll work in their favor having it early in the season because this is the atmosphere. This is what we're about on Saturdays, you know, big Saturday nights. And then you can get the kids up at another time. Again, you you mentioned, you know, the 23s, you know, Lamont Payne's coming in from Pittsburgh. Uh, Tyrese Fearby, the former commit in the 22 class, is coming in for the game. He just visited Indiana last week and also has Pitt and Kentucky on his list. And and so this is a chance for these kids to get back on campus. and, And it's a talking point and something new for the coaches to to talk to these kids about once they get home and bring them up again, especially the 23s. Okay, you saw that and i will come learn more about the school.
1: Tamir Robinson from Pittsburgh with an H, by the yes, way. Yes, Brian, yes. <laughs> Brian, one other aspect of this and, and before we kind of move subjects and, and talk a little bit about Anai White and his uh, unofficial visit this weekend, the other aspect of this, I think, is James Franklin has a chance to really continue to build and build on that moment mul- momentum he has already built in this 22 class and and in the future with that whole USC thing hovering over his head, right? Clay Helton is out in Los Angeles. James Franklin is one of those names that keeps getting thrown out. I know he obviously addressed that earlier this week in a a press conference, but I I think he's going to continue to hear his name mixed in on that hot list for the coaching search as USC looks for their next set coach. And I think this is an opportunity for him to you know kind of stamp himself as as a guy that is leading Penn state into, into that promised land.
0: Well, I mean, listen, if I'm urban Meyer, James Franklin, or Luke fickle, is going to be a long two and a half months. I mean, you know, everybody likes to throw out James Franklin's name with, with USC. And listen, he, he, like anybody else, has a chance to say, I'm not going there, stop asking, stop linking my name. So so that option is always available, whether they take it or not. Urban Meyer took it and said no chance, and, you know, nobody will believe him, and they'll continue to did, did link he, him. Did he, though?
1: I mean, he said no chance, and he kind of started looking down, and I, I didn't really I mean, believe him.
0: Well, I mean, listen, I think today there's no chance, but, I mean, things change. I mean, it's and, like the kid and, who com- it's like the kid who commits somewhere and then changes his mind. I mean, right? And shoot, the way you, I look at it right. is,
1: the way I look at it is, these coaches have to be very smart and business-like because even if you say the vague thing, right, or the thing that isn't super concrete, it's ultimately it could help your pocketbook.
0: Well, it could help your pocketbook, but it can also listen. Here, here's the thing that they're up against, and, and James Franklin doesn't have to win this game or do anything. Everybody knows what he is. He, he won a Big Ten championship. I, I think the big game with them. This year is Ohio State because what you see from Ohio State the first two weekends, and then what you see, you know, hopefully what we'll see from Penn State is get a better gauge on on how they are. I mean, they they had a great season opening win. You know, Penn State, what they could do this weekend is stamp themselves as the team to beat in the Big Ten and the front runner for the playoffs in the Big Ten. That's what they could do with that with that game at Iowa looming later in the year. But aside from all that, the headache that this creates now is. Not only does you know, James Franklin or Luke Fickle or you know, I'm sure Matt Campbell will deal with it too to some degree – you know, you now got to deal with it in recruiting because I don't know if you know this or not, but coaches sometimes will jump on any little thing to negative recruit another school. And even if that includes maybe stretching the truth a little bit about something that's going on in another program. So now you got to deal with all that as well. So when James Franklin came out the other day and said, look, I just got to focus on Auburn and that's it. I get where he's coming from because it doesn't matter what he says. It's like you said, Urban Meyer said no chance. And then you're like, well, he looked down at the ground. Well, geez, I mean, you know, if he looks straight in the camera people would be like well he looked in straight in the camera but he didn't blink for two seconds or or he (laughs) blinked twice which means he needs help i mean it's you know it's it's one of those things that people just love to throw names out there and do things with and well if that's what you want to do that's fine but it's just people that follow stuff like that and get all worked up over stuff like that and, and think there's a lot to it i mean they're being served an injustice on that stuff
1: yeah, so James Franklin has a chance to continue to build his resume this weekend. Penn State takes on Auburn and a number of of top end Official visitors and unofficial visitors across all classes will be there. You can stay locked into Lions 24-7 for all the latest recruiting scoop from that weekend. Brian Doan, I'm sure, will be pulling his share of the weight there. Before we go, Brian, and, and we'll we'll get on a little soccer here. I, I will tease people and say that we're recording yeah, right. this a mere a few mere hours after your Liverpool uh, was able to eke out a win against AC Milan. <laughs> hey,
0: we, did, we did not eke that out. We freaking dominated and <laughs> gave up
1: two bad. Too, we had a minute... Fifteen laps, but go ahead. But I'll but I'll 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 let you I'll let you expand on that as well as the the U.S. getting their first win in in qualifiers. But. Nye White, one of the better defensive prospects, a five-star edge rusher, close to being a five-star edge rusher, from the state of Pennsylvania, will be down at Georgia this weekend. How significant is this for the Bulldogs given that he's already taken his official visit there during the summer?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's really significant. It fits into the schedule well. Look, he he couldn't go to Alabama this weekend because they're at Florida, right? And, and I think with A&M, he's probably saving the official visit. And to be honest, I didn't check check where Ohio state is this weekend for him to go there. But you know, so the fourth, you know, so it's Georgia. So it's significant because your options are sit home and not go on a visit or go on a visit. And he decided he wanted to go to Georgia to get another look at it. He loves it down there. A big thing for a eye is what's it like on game day atmosphere, watching the coaches make adjustments and and all that stuff. So yeah, it it is really significant because with a eye white, I really feel like he's open to all four schools. I I really believe that. And I think it's going to come down to who does the best with him, you know, leading up to his signing. And then he doesn't plan on announcing until December. And so there's going to be a lot of opportunities for schools to recruit him to come see him on bye weeks and do a lot of stuff like that but for me that he decided hey the first visit i'm going to take during the season to go check out a game is georgia and now that it's going to come out of his own pocket to go down there that's significant as well now you know philly to atlanta is a, a pretty easy flight but it, it's significant because you still have to get down there and make the commitment to say okay this is what i'm going to do for this weekend instead of you know just relaxing so for me yeah i, I think it's really significant and. And don't underestimate any visit he makes in his recruitment.
1: Georgia gets another shot to make an impression on Eni White this weekend uh, as the four-star edge rusher from Pennsylvania heads down for an unofficial. Brian, before we go, Liverpool top of the league uh, also wins their opener in, in Champions League, and then you've got the U.S. men's national team eking out a win that was not not exactly eking because they turned it around in the second half. But Greg Berhalter must be you know a little bit relieved there.
0: you think listen let's start with the men's national team with burr halter and i give him credit they went four to one down in honduras which is not an easy place to play it's like going to your neighborhood park to play on a pitch like that he comes out in just an asinine alignment with i mean what 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 do we i mean let's play something we've never played well i mean you call whatever you want it was five in the back because the wingbacks weren't going up but And then at halftime, this is how bad it was, Blair. And I've told people this just in texts and in conversations. It was so bad that the the national media for soccer in the U.S., which is usually extremely complimentary of everything related to the men's and women's national teams because, you know, you're trying to grow the sport, were just ripping this dude constantly. Even guys that had played for the U.S. national team who, you know, were doing the in-game stuff for – you know, it was it was on the the Paramount Plus app, I believe. Yeah, so, yeah, so we, and the, we can so, plug that. Yeah, yeah. So that's why I bring it up, and so even the halftime like what is this guy doing and so did he make some great adjustment no he went to a 4-3-3 which is what he should have started out in now the players played better they actually showed some life and it also helped that it was the third game in eight days for both teams and oh by the way from everything you read in here while the u.s is chartering to these places honduras is flying from canada commercially to el salvador and then the honduras so, I mean, you know, there's a reason why Honduras fell apart in the last 15 minutes and gave up three goals. Now, all that said, you get five points, you're in great position, you got to take care of your business in October, and then you'll be in in, in stellar position. So I, I will say, look, his job is to get this team to qualify for the World Cup. And sometimes it is not pretty getting there. And I don't want to hear these excuses about how hard it is to play in Honduras, because great teams should be able to go in there and, and take care of business, but get him to the World Cup and and I will be very happy. And I, and I will say Greg Berhalter did his job. So from that standpoint, yeah, it's great. I mean, and then have the 18 year old who plays for FC Dallas, who, you know, a few weeks prior decided he was going to play for the U.S. instead of Mexico to have him get what turned out to be what the game winning goal and have a couple assists to go with it is, is good. And so it really makes you or makes me excited and eager for the October qualifiers. But there was a little too much angst involved, including how how you draw it home against Canada. You got to be kidding me.
1: Yeah, well, nothing nothing better than an eager and excited (laughs) Brian Doan. Brian, thank you so much for joining us and continue to enjoy a a good mixture of college football and, and national soccer.
0: Thanks, Blair. Appreciate it, everyone.
1: All right. That is Brian Doan. You can follow him on Twitter at Brian Doan 247. That'll do it for us. For Brian Doan and producer Lance Glynn, I am your host, Blair Angulo. Thank you so much for listening to the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. And remember, stay locked in to 247sports.com all weekend long for all the latest recruiting scoop on your favorite college football team.